1 John. We are doing a series here in this little epistle, 1 John chapter 1, and I'll begin reading at verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. We'll end the reading there at this point, and today, just briefly, we want to look at this, mainly verse 5 and part of verse 6. And then in two weeks, we'll get back to uh, our study here and finish out these other verses. As we've been looking at 1 John, John is writing to us and to these early churches in which he was, to whom he was writing. And there are several reasons that John is writing this epistle. One of them is that there had been some false teachers that have crept into the churches, and he is needing to sound a warning. And so we find him here protecting the sheep. Just like the good shepherd protects his sheep, John has the heart of Jesus. He wants to protect his people. They have been teaching things contrary to the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and John's already touched upon that just with his opening comment, comments. They had been teaching these false teachers that Jesus didn't really become a man or that the Son of God did not become a man. And he's already said, this Christ, we've heard him, we've seen him, we've touched him. He was a real, he was a real, real humanity. And uh, as we think of the person of Christ, he is undiminished deity joined to undiminished humanity. Paul, Peter, John (laughs) will make that clear in his epistle, and that's the way he begins. Secondly, in this letter, he wants to encourage the believers in and promote in them fellowship with their God and joy in who he is. And we looked at this last week, and it is here that he speaks about fullness of joy that he desires for his people. He wants them to know more of this fellowship that they have not only with one another, which they do have, and what a blessed thing that is, that we have fellowship together. The common bond is Christ. But he says we have fellowship also with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. What a blessing as a result of the grace of God. And then one of the other things that John wishes to do in this epistle is to give assurance to the people of God that they may know that they truly know Christ, that they are united to him, and that they have this assurance in their hearts. I'm guessing that some of these believers to whom he is writing, they've been maybe unsettled by these false teachers and questioning some things. And John wants to encourage them 
and give assurance to their hearts, if they're truly believers, that they belong to him, they're secure in Jesus Christ, and they can have assurance of eternal life. And he says that. I've written this so that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life. And so as he's writing this letter, he's going to show them ways in which they can know that they really do belong to Christ, that they really have repented and turned from sin and they have embraced Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and they're one of his children. And the way in which he will do that is that he is going to give a number of tests. Here's what God does in the life of his children. And then they're able to look at their own life and say, I see this. I like to think of it as the fingerprints of grace. That when God saves someone, his fingerprints of his grace will be upon their life. You can go into somebody's home and know if they got little toddlers because you see fingerprints everywhere, don't you? See them on the refrigerator, jelly, and the mirrors in the bathroom. You know they've got toddlers. Well, how do you know who the children of God are? Well, the fingerprints of God's grace will be upon their life. And so John's wanting to give assurance to these who truly do belong to Christ, but maybe are wavering or they're unsettled in some way. But also he's writing to some in the church that maybe need to examine themselves. They've made a profession maybe with their lips, but as they would look at their life, maybe there's not the evidence of this saving grace. So there's a warning too that is sounded by people sitting in the pew. And this is not uncommon to uh, the apostles. Paul did this in 2 Corinthians 13.5. A church full of problems. When he comes to the end of the second letter, he says, examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Test test yourselves. Do uh, Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you disqualify yourself? There's, a, there's an opportunity for you to examine yourself as we go through this book to examine ourselves to see if this is true of me. Do I see the fingerprints of God's grace upon my life? Peter does the same thing. Peter says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and your election. For if you do these things, you will not stumble. And this is what John is doing here. He's wanting to, again, give assurance to those who truly belong to Christ, that they may rest in that assurance that they have, but also challenge others. And so as we go through John, uh, 1 John, this is not an epistle where you do elbow nudging to the one next to you or looking at someone else. The, the, the question is, is this true of me? As I go through this epistle, do I see the fingerprints of God's grace upon my life. So we begin here at verse 5 as Paul, or Pete, John, John, as he is going to begin, to, it's the new year, and I stayed up to watch the Ohio State game, which didn't end well, but uh, anyway. In verse 5, he begins here and is going to begin these series of tests, but he begins with this statement in verse 5. This is the message which we have heard. John speaking on behalf of himself, and I think the other apostles, we've heard this message from him. Well, who's the him? Well, 
It's who he has been talking about. I've been speaking about this Jesus that I've heard, that I have seen. I've seen his glory and I've touched him. And this is the message that we've heard from him and I'm declaring to you. And he sums up everything about the gospel and everything concerning Jesus Christ in just this little statement. I declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. It's a very interesting statement that he makes here as he speaks about dealing with Christ, being with Christ, and he says this, to sum it all up, God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. A very, we might think, a very simplistic statement. But Robert Law, in his commentary, says this, John is just asserting that the whole sense of the Christian revelation from a certain point of view may be said to be this, that God is light. Everything pertaining to the gospel, everything that flows out of the gospel and related to, is related to this truth, that God is a God of light. Now, as we think about that term, it can have a lot of different aspects or um, understandings, characteristics. But this is true of God, that God is a God of light. It is used to speak about the divine presence of God. When we look at the Old Testament, we find these theophanies, and it's often associated with life, light, bright, brilliant light. I think that's what Isaiah saw in Isaiah 6 as he's in the temple, the, the presence of God. And that light is speaking about the presence of God, the nature of God, the essence of God. God is here, and all that God is, all of his attributes, in this glorious light that appears. In the New Testament, we find Peter, or excuse me, Paul, saying this to Timothy, God dwells in unapproachable light. In the presence of God, there is this light, and again, it represents his glory, his beauty. When we think of the incarnation and Jesus Christ made flesh and at the Mount of Transfiguration, as Jesus was transfigured before Peter, James, and John, it says there that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Whenever God, if you will, shows up, it is a dazzling sight, it is light, it is beauty, it is splendor, it is the majesty of the divine presence of God whenever we find these expressions or uh, God manifesting himself in our world. But also associated with this idea of light is a, a moral sense, that God is holy, that God is without sin, he is perfect holiness. And so there's this sense when we think about light that it is the spotless, radiant glory of his holiness. He is holy. He is righteous. He is good. There is nothing that is unholy, unrighteous, evil, or false in who God is. And so this is conveyed in this, I think, this idea of, of light. And I think that's a part of what is coming out in John in his epistle. But there's another sense in which we think about light. Light reveals, light shows us things in our world, how important light is to us. 
we all know what it's like to get up in the middle of the night, maybe get out of the bathroom and stumble across the bedroom trying to find the bathroom. We need light. We, we need light to see, to, to be able to operate. And so as we think about this, light in a spiritual sense is vitally important. And this God with whom we have to do is a God of light. He is a light and he reveals himself. He reveals himself in a number of ways. He reveals himself in nature. He reveals himself in the inscripturated word of God. And he reveals himself in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is referred to as the light. Uh, He is bearing the very likeness of his father being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And so as we think about God, who is a God who has made himself known, he's not hidden away somewhere. He has made himself known. And this is important as John is writing this epistle because this is important for fellowship, isn't it? If we are to know and have fellowship with God, we must know who he is. And he has revealed himself. He is light. And I think a part of this idea of what John is getting across here is that that God has communicated himself to us. And this communication of himself is for this purpose, that we might get to know him, that we might fellowship with him. And that's true in relationships, isn't it? When we meet someone... We get to know them. We want to know more about them. And the more we get to know about them, the more deeper a friendship becomes. In a marriage, it's that way, or it should be that way. A man shall leave his father and his mother, and he shall cling to his wife, and they shall become as one flesh. And so in the early stages of that process, what what does a, a young man and a young woman do? They spend a lot of time getting to know one another knowing more about each other. They spend a lot of time on the phone, texting, or whatever else they do these days. But you get to know them. And what does that do? It, it makes a bonding. It brings you into closer personal fellowship, intimacy, friendship. And so in marriage, the two shall become as one. But it's only possible as we are able to know someone. And so this fellowship that John is going to speak about is this fellowship in which we get to know him. And John uh, Robert Law in his commentary says, Light is the medium in which fellowship between God and man is consciously realized. The single meeting place of the holy God and sinful men is to begin with the truth, the only medium of their fellowship a common view of spiritual realities. And it is because God is light that this is possible. The psalmist says, in thy light, we see light. God in his grace, in his kindness, has saved us. And in the gospel, he has given himself to us. He he has revealed himself to us so that we might know him personally, intimately, that we might have communion and have fellowship with him. What a blessing. 
that God has given to us, this greatest gift. And so what does the New Testament writers tell us? Draw near to him. Come near to him. Get to know him. This is our privilege. And one of the things that John is going to show is that this is going to be true for those who belong to Christ that they are going to be those who are drawing in and getting to know him. And as he is light, they will walk in the light. And that's where he begins these tests. Notice the next verse. If we say, if we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we lie And we do not practice the truth. John is going to make it clear that the Christian life is not so much about what we say with our lips, but what we say with our life. What is our life saying? Is it communicating that we are those who know God, who is light, who is holy, who has revealed himself, And revealed himself to his people so that they might live in light of who he is and walk in his ways. Is that true of them? Are they walking in the light? So in verse 7 it says, but but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You see, as believers walking in the light, we don't cover up sin, do we? We we come to terms with sin. This God with whom we have to do has made a way for us to be forgiven of our sins, to live in new ways. And so one of the things that will be true of a child of God is he'll be confessing his sin. He'll be dealing with his sin. He'll be endeavoring to walk in the light even as God is in the light, as God is light. And so what John is going to show us here as we go through here, we might think of it in this way. He's asking us to look at the video of our life. What is the video of my life saying about me? Is it saying that I am one who's walking in the light? Not perfectly, but I'm endeavoring by God's grace to walk in the light. And we know that if we look at just a snapshot of any of our lives, that snapshot may not be good. It may catch us in a moment where we're speaking harshly, we're full of anger or lust, or we're doing things that are contrary to the light. But if we look at the bigger video, what will be true of the Christian? He'll be grieved about his sin. He'll be repenting and confessing his sin and dealing with his sin. And so John, when he speaks about walking in the light, he's not talking about Christians who are perfect, who always walk in the light without fail. But they are endeavoring by the grace of God to live a holy life set apart unto God by his grace. John MacArthur put it this way as he talks about the Christian life and assurance. He said, It's not about the perfection of our life, but it is about the direction of our life. By God's grace, I'm going to walk in the light. I'm going to follow Christ. 
And Jesus put it this way. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not, he will not remain in darkness, but he will have the light of life. Jesus makes it clear that everyone who is a true disciple, that they will no longer walk in darkness, but they will be walking in the light. And John picks up on that in his epistle. This is how that we know that we have come to know him because we are endeavoring to walk in the light. We'll talk about that more as we go on in our study of First John, but as we come to the Lord's table today, it is our privilege to be reminded of how it is that we who are fallen sons of Adam, sinful, are able to have fellowship with God. It is Jesus Christ who has reconciled us. It is Jesus who has dealt with a sin problem. It is he who has made propitiation for our sins, so that we might be reconciled to a holy God who is light, that we might have fellowship with him. And it is the blood of Jesus Christ that goes on cleansing us from all unrighteousness. May we remind ourselves of these great truths today as we prepare and as we come to the Lord's table. I invite you to take your hymn book and turn, if you will, as we prepare our hearts to number 185, When I 